Today is June 28th, 2014, and this is episode 122 of Let's Talk Bitcoin. The following program is not an endorsement for any service, product, act, or anything. In the words of Arthur S. Falls, bury your money in the ground. It's the only safe thing to do. Welcome to Let's Talk Bitcoin, a twice-weekly show about the ideas, people, and projects building the digital economy and the future of money. Today, we're all about artist coins. First, I caught up with Simon, the South African-based band leader of the decentralized altcoin mining cypherfunks. Then, Stephanie sat down with Niceplum, another artist, to talk about his profit-sharing asset built on the counterparty system onto the Bitcoin blockchain. But first, we launched LTB Coin yesterday, and I'm ready to tell you all about it. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Adam B. Levine. I'm the catalyst behind the LTB Coin project and editor-in-chief of the LTB Network. You can visit ltbcoin.letstalkbitcoin.com to see many of these details laid out in text with links to the full documents that explain and define the nooks and crannies we're not going to have time to talk about today. LTB Coin is a brand new kind of thing. It's a crypto reward system where people who help LTB to be useful are rewarded for their efforts, and it's built on Bitcoin. Why is LTB coin valuable? Effective July 1st, 2014, letstalkbitcoin.com, the Let's Talk Bitcoin show, and the LTB network will only sell sponsorship space on web properties or airtime on the shows for LTB coin and to the highest bidder, as denominated in LTB coin, at our regular online auction events. The final user of the sponsorship doesn't actually have to be the one that buys the sponsorship from us. They can be purchased by anyone in our audience or anywhere else and are delivered to the highest LTB coin bidder as a sponsor token. That sponsor token can then be sold or traded for several weeks before eventually being redeemed for a specific type of access, whatever it was that it promised. Of course, we'll be publishing our full sponsor guidelines before the first auction takes place, so it'll be really clear if your type of endeavor can qualify to be on the network, but broadly speaking, the restrictions are just against general adult content, gambling, and sorts of things like that. So what does LTB coin mean to you? Well, if you're a user, you should log in. Registered users of Let's Talk Bitcoin earn LTB coin for reading articles and listening to shows. You can earn more by interacting with the community, tipping posts, or commenting on articles even via our iPhone app. Or by discussing, of course, the latest episode of Mad Money Machine or Bitcoins and Gravy in the forum. If you're on the creative side of things, if you make a show or write an article or ever wanted to, either by yourself or as part of an ad hoc group formed for that task on the forums, you'll earn LTB coin not only when we publish your work to our audience, but again a month later when the performance of your work is compared against all of the other work published during that week, and is then rewarded again. If you want to become a core part of the early LTB network, contact us about starting a niche or viewpoint-specific blog on the LTB coin platform and become a curator, partnering with writers and creators to showcase your favorite works and earn your share of the LTB coin allocation and time on the Let's Talk Bitcoin front page. When I started Let's Talk Bitcoin, we were a basic blog, and then we moved to WordPress and for about nine months we were a blog with an odd front page. About four months ago, Let's Talk Bitcoin 3.0 got underway, and the website you see today is the result. What we've built, although you can't see it yet, is a community platform that has cryptocurrency baked into its bones. And while we're starting slow, in time there will be thousands of individually curated blogs feeding their best content to dozens or hundreds of unique front pages. And even though we think this is a pretty compelling offer to anyone who wants to get involved, it's going to be open source. So anyone who wants to roll their own content universe can follow our model, use our best tools, and we're working out the details on that now. We aim to make cryptocurrency a normal, exceptionally useful part of everyday life, 
and invite you along for the ride. So what do you need to do? First, visit counterwallet.co and generate a free multi-wallet that holds bitcoins, LTB coins, and anything else built on Bitcoin using the counterparty protocol. With one click, you'll generate a secure 12-word passphrase. You'll want to keep that safe as it's actually your private key. Once you've created your password, log into your wallet and you'll see three brand new Bitcoin addresses that you control. Copy one of those addresses, then head over to letstalkbitcoin.com. Log into your account at the upper right-hand corner of the page and you're almost there. Inside your account, you'll see a few options, one of which is my profile. Click on that and at the bottom of the page, you'll see a place to put your LTB coin compatible address. Again, that's a counter wallet address. Paste your newly created Bitcoin address, save the changes and you're done. All you have to do then is just participate in our ecosystem and every week you'll receive the LTB coin that you are owed for your participation. And the forums are now working over at letstalkbitcoin.com. Head on over there if you have any questions or want to leave any comment. So, what happens now? Today, the first 51 million LTB coins, representing 10% of the eventual 510 million that will exist at the end of 5 years, were created as the initial supply and we're in the process of distributing these now. 40% of them are going to content creators that have worked for Let's Talk Bitcoin over the last year and not been paid for their work outside of the tips that you've sent. 18% goes to forum participators. These are people who sign up on the forums and have more than 5 non-spam posts before this distribution is sent out, probably at the end of next week. Even if you think that you've already put in your LTB coin address because you were signed up on the earlier forum, when we move the forums, those didn't come with us. So you do need to follow this process too. 12% is going to key thinkers. This comprises the initial launch team of LTB and really was an opt-in thing where anybody who wanted to participate simply had to write something a good forum post. Uh, so again, if you think that you qualify for being a key thinker, uh, we do have a pool set aside for people who I haven't already identified. So please post in the forum, share your contribution, let us understand how you helped and you can be part of this key thinker demographic too. 15% is being set aside for partner funds. Uh we don't really know what we're going to use these for yet. The assumption is that other networks will want to be involved with us and it would be good to have an amount of token set aside that we can be flexible with in terms of deal making and increasing value for the LTB coin ecosystem. 10% of these initial funds are being given to the LTB platform essentially for compensation for paying for all of this development over the last year. We've now built our third platform out of pocket. Funds from this 10% will also go to support some of the support staff such as James who runs the YouTube channel with absolutely zero guidance for me and does an awesome job and a Michael Sullivan who helped build the platform before. And finally, we've got 5% set aside essentially to vest the people who come in later uh and join the Let's Talk Bitcoin organization to help with the platform. Uh we are going to need a CEO, it probably won't be me. We are going to need a CFO, it probably won't be my father who has been fulfilling that role for the last year quite valiantly. And so again, we wanted to set aside some funds initially for this purpose without diluting the weekly in quite the same way. Once this initial distribution is done, we think that LTB coin is going to be in the hands of at least 500 people and I'd love it if it was more like 1000. As we sit right now, there are about 200 people who have LTB coin. Starting next week, we'll also be doing weekly disbursements. We're tallying user participation now, and next week we'll see the first proof of participation round, where 1,700,000 LTB coin will be divided between all the people who participated during that week. Next week we'll also see the first weekly proof of value distribution where all the content published on the front page of Let's Talk Bitcoin will split 2 and a quarter million LTB coins based on how many pieces of content of theirs were published on the front page during that week. 
This is a weighted split based on how many published pieces there are, although there are diminishing returns for posting a whole bunch of content during the same week. Each subsequent piece you post is worth a little bit less than the one before. So we're going to do this every week. And again, you can see the complete distribution chart by visiting ltbcoin.letstalkbitcoin.com. Now, we can't know what's going to be successful and what won't, so there's actually another layer of value here. The weekly proof-of-value distributions will begin in about five weeks. The same content from this first week is essentially going to be looked at again after it's been out in the wild for a month. At that point, another two and a quarter million LTB coin are distributed to content created during that first week based on how well it performed compared to every other piece of content published that week over its first month. The more successful the piece is compared to others, the larger its share of proof of value. I know all this is a little complicated, but I think that this is actually really important. Ultimately, what we're doing here is we're changing the model so that instead of you paying us, it's us paying you, and then you paying us. I don't think anybody's ever done this before. Maybe there's a good reason, but I think that that good reason probably was because it wasn't possible before. You can't do this with Bitcoin. You can't take Bitcoin and give people Bitcoin for free because, simply put, Bitcoin isn't free. But something like LTB coin, that actually is. And so because of that, we can be very, very generous with it. And we actually expect you to be generous with it, too. So in closing, I'd like to borrow some of my favorite words from Douglas Adams. Let us think the unthinkable. Let us do the undoable. Let us prepare to grapple with the ineffable itself. And see if we may not F it after all. Thanks for listening. Today on Let's Talk Bitcoin, we're joined by Simon, collaborative band leader over at the Cypherfunks. Simon, thanks for taking the time with us. Thanks, Adam. Tell me a little bit about the Cypherfunks, because we've been starting to see these types of, of music concepts mesh together with cryptocurrency, and you have a really interesting project. So can you give us a little overview? The Cypherfunks is the, the sort of short, like one-liner tag would be an attempt to crowdfund a global band through a cryptocurrency. The, the idea behind is basically saying, um, looking at different ways how musicians can organize in the 21st century, and then asking the question of, how do you make it so that the incentives are aligned, that people can more willingly contribute to such a concept? Which, in other words, means, how do you make it so that there's additional incentives to, to contribute towards something that's perhaps a bit different in how we looked at music or music creation over the, the past few years. Basically, at the start of the 20th century and saying the internet is completely new and has new forms of organization, what would it look like to make music with people from all across the world? Okay, and so the Cypherfunks was born. Just from a technical standpoint, this is a full altcoin, right? This is not built on top of Bitcoin. You actually have uh, your own mind chain here, right? Yeah, that's right. There were a lot of different options I considered starting this thing, but the important part was you had this idea of a band anyone can join, as in you don't have to ask permission to make music under this collaboration effort. That's something I had to represent that as well. So I, I spent like a month or so trying to figure out ways in which you could use, perhaps use color coins on, on the Bitcoin blockchain. Mm -hmm. But the problem was if you use color coins, that the issuance was still centralized. You had to have someone issue the colored coins to the people of the, the collective or the musicians. That sort of didn't fit well with the idea that you wanted something that has decentralized ownership. Okay. This sounds like you made this decision because you didn't want to have the responsibility centered on you, right? That, that would have been fine, but uh, if, if you would wanted to, to approach the project, 
object like that. And then, I mean, then, then you would have just used colored coins or, or other form of uh, digital asset issuance, perhaps using something like open transactions or something like that. Okay. But the ethos of the project is it's a band anyone can join. So this, the ownership of it felt like it needed to be decentralized as well. Well, sure. the only sort of issuance model that currently exists for something like this is to have a full-blown alternative cryptocurrency. It actually started a bit beforehand, and I, I can explain further. Please, if you want to know yeah, I'd love to hear kind of your thought process yeah. going through this and arriving at this point. What happened was the the concept of a decentralized band I had for about three years, but it, it was basically just that bringing people together to make music from all across the world and people have equal ownership in the idea. And that sort of was just nascent in the back of my mind. It, it was just something that sounded interesting to try. And then when Dogecoin launched in December last year, it sort of started turning gears in my head. It made me look at cryptocurrencies differently. It, it wasn't just about that uh, a cryptocurrency could be uh, have only... Its, its value could only be in its technical features. Its value could be in the fact that it represents something. So um, Dogecoin represented this funny meme and this community, and that that was something people liked. And it, there was no technical improvements in the, in the cryptocurrency part of it. It was only a vector of the sort of branding aspect of the coin. If, if enough people believe that that's what that tokens in, represents, then that's all that's needed. So if you look at cryptocurrencies, say, going to the next few years down the line, at some point it makes it might happen, might not happen, but it might happen that the technical features of cryptocurrencies become optimized, right? So you will have the most efficient form of a cryptocurrency, perhaps some altcoin does it, perhaps Bitcoin perfects it. But the technical features over time seemed like it's only a vector for increasing the network effect of that coin until the technical feature becomes copied by other altcoins. So it brings up the question, well, when, when all the technical sort of solutions are found or optimized, what will the next form look like? And then it becomes a factor of what does the coin represent? Some coins represent political stance saying we want more anonymity and so forth. Other coins are more fun and different like Dogecoin. And if you have a cryptocurrency that represents a community, then I think we're going to start seeing more of that going to the future once more people start realizing what is a cryptocurrency and what it can do. Can you walk me through how the various participants in this system participate? Do you have designated miners? Are they different from people who are creating content? Because I understand what you're saying is you went with an altcoin because you wanted to make it as decentralized as possible and wanted to make it so that anybody can join. So I'm trying to figure out what is joining the cypherfunks look like? Do I just mm. produce a song or do I need to mine and produce a song or do I just need to mine? Yeah. That was one of the most interesting um, stuff to, to experience when it launched was you have these sort of actually two distinct communities and trying to get them together was, uh, is, and so far as a it's actually a more difficult problem than I realized because you have the cryptocurrency community that looks at this and thinks, well, this is a bit odd. And then you have musicians going, well, what's a cryptocurrency? And then trying to match the two together. But if, if you want to take part, ideally with such a different kind of cryptocurrency, you sort of want to match the, the technical part up with something that sort of relates to what you're trying to do, sort of like the app coin model. But so far, the cypherfunks only, the, the cryptocurrency part only represents ownership 
or sort of you're participating in it through the, the, the cryptocurrency as well. So when participants join, you can join various parts of the system. So if you're a cryptocurrency enthusiast, you can join as a miner. You can now build infrastructure. There's people that contributed to by putting up block explorers and so forth. Or you can come in from the other side and say, I'm a musician. I like the idea of making music with people from the world. And I like the idea of a band that I can join without asking anyone's permission. The sort of very creative, semi-internet-chaotic like idea of just mashing uh, music together and see what comes up. So uh, there's different parts to it. And, and the idea is that the, the people that bring music to the table, you want to, if, if there's songs that you like with the people produced, then you tip them in that cryptocurrency and say, this is awesome. Let's make more of that. And the question is, uh, so a question you can ask is, well, why you, you could, you could just do this with Bitcoin, right? Why, why would you need a separate cryptocurrency? The part with coming back to that uh, original question was if you look at a Bitcoin itself, Bitcoin as a network represents a lot of things, right? It represents a lot of different people, a lot of different aspects. And as it grows larger, it starts representing more and more things in the world, different communities, different networks, and so forth. And it doesn't necessarily represent the a collection of musicians working together. So it's, it's looking at it a bit differently and saying the cryptocurrency is the network that is monetized. So that's how different people can come together to participate in the system. Interesting. So the mining is just to create and maintain the token. You're not doing distribution of the music with it. You're not doing anything like that. It's so literally the purpose is the mining and then the mechanism by which the musicians are paid or vested in the network or in the band, I guess you would call it, um, mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. they're tipped by the miners. Is that the, is that the only feedback mechanism that's going to the artists? There have been several other ideas that we we've bashed about. So that's currently the, the only way. And, and, it's that way if people believe that tokens represent the actual band part of the system. But we have thought of different ways, maybe um, incorporating it or tying it more together. So there's different feedback loops in the system because the like hashes in the system, like transactions or block hashes are, are just random um, strings and numbers. You could use that to, to feed it through like a, a, a sampler or a MIDI, MIDI input or so, or so forth to actually create samples for people to use. Proof of music. Yes. So you could, yes, in, in, in a way, in a way. I listened to a discussion yesterday with Rob Myers. He, he created FaceCoin, which is quite interesting. It looks for patterns of faces and images as the proof of work. And I've been thinking of trying to figure out a way to use sort of a new proof of system related to music, but obviously it's incredibly difficult to figure this out. But I suspect there might be something like that, but it's, it's, we'll see as time goes on. It sounds like you have launched this project, like it's out there in the wild, you're generating music. How much participation have you had from each side? What, what do you think the roadmap is for this project? Do you consider it a success so far? That's, that's an interesting question. When I start something like this, part of it's obviously to test the hypothesis. And that the hypothesis is, does the cryptocurrency's worth depend on its network effect? And if the network effect is tied to, if we produce songs and a lot of songs becomes popular, will it result in people wanting to use the cryptocurrency part of it? And that's the jury is still out if that will be a success. But I put, I said to myself, what's the basic things I want out of this project? And most of it has been fulfilled, which is I want at least one other person to make a song for the project. And that was successful. I think we've had between six and 10 contributors and two or three regular contributors it's 
mashed up I remix stuff and they remix my stuff and it's crisscross the whole time. And the other part was creatively as a musician, I wanted to make something that I'm proud of and it's a collaboration with someone that I would not have met otherwise. And that's, that has happened. I'm very proud of some of the music I've made and that's awesome. And then the sort of the final very distant success goal is to make this cryptocurrency successful in a way that it eventually supports musicians. The ultimate end goal would be is sort of the awesome tick mark would be that the cryptocurrencies become so successful that for one year, there's actually someone that could now take time off and only make music. And that would be an awesome end result. Well, I think that you're on the right path towards that. Simon, so if somebody wants to get in touch with you or wants to help out with the project, learn more about it, what are the appropriate URLs or email addresses for that? The easiest is probably just to, to search this cypherpunks and it's the name is similar to uh, cypherpunk which is just c-y-p-h-e-r-f-u-n-k and you'll find the links there and it's 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 easy to find from there um, we have a soundcloud page which is a group of people that have contributed and a subreddit as well and the, on bitcoin talk as well there's a thread where people can find more information and hopefully contribute some music to the project. Hi, this is Stephanie here from Let's Talk Bitcoin. Today, I've got an artist here with me, Nice Plum. Welcome to the show, Nice Plum. Hello. Uh- it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell me about what you do, about your work. I started making out music just just as a hobby for myself, and I never really thought about releasing it to the public. However, recently, I've, I've noticed that, that people do want new albums. I was trying to figure out a way how I can make that happen. What kind of music do you make? My music, um, I've tried to give it a genre and it's it's a bit difficult but i would say it's down tempo electronica with some guitar elements as well as glitch it, it has sort of a flavor from from the demoscene community which is people who make music using old computers and stuff like super nintendo i like the style but not necessarily the implementation of that so i went with making songs that focus on melody and have this this style defying genres there (laughs) just as a matter of curiosity how do you actually make the music is it strictly electronic are you recording guitar played live or is it all on the computer i do a variety of methods to create my music mostly i use a tracker which some some old school users of of computers will be familiar with possibly which is a text-based music composition program Usually these programs like Fruity Loops and Logic, they they have a piano roll. You put dots where you want the music to be played on the piano. Or there's like sheet music, like the standard Mozart type sheet music. And then there's a third type, which is text-based, which is it just shows the letters that correspond to the notes, like C4, C in the fourth octave. I just find this is really, really fast for making making songs 
Wow, that's really interesting. You said that you decided to find an innovative way to release your music to the public. And this ties in with cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, obviously. I got interested in cryptocurrencies because of of the corrupt banking system in my home country of Slovakia, where it's actually possible for the bank to just reappropriate your account into someone else's name if they so desire. Seriously, it's actually also possible for government executives to to open up a, a file drawer and to change the name on a on a deed of a house, and then they can throw you out of your own house. Wow, I can understand why cryptocurrencies would appeal to you. Then that's exactly why I got into Bitcoin and at Gridcoin and and cryptocurrencies in general to to just not be subject to to this this control even even though it's not likely that it will happen to any given individual but to those to whom it does happen they usually look back as hindsight is 2020 and they think I probably should have used crypto right okay so that's how you got interested in it but tell me more about how your music ties in with bitcoin and cryptocurrencies what I've done is I've decided to issue profit-sharing assets, which means that if, if people buy a certain amount of nice plum, they will receive a percentage of, of all sales from albums or all gigs played from that point onwards. Profit-sharing assets, is that almost analogous to um, a, a, a share in your music, like a, a stock almost? Not a stock, obviously, but... Sort of like that? I would say yes, sort of like that, but I would avoid the terminology share because mm-hmm. it, it carries legal connotations that the people involved have control over the entity. So that, that would that would imply that these people will decide how nice plum is marketed, how my music is supposed to sound and, and such. And it will also make me subject to many like legal restrictions and regulations, which is which is not really the case because it's not a share. It is uh, a profit sharing asset or token. Yeah, I'm with you. I understand how, you know, governments like to kind of funnel things that aren't quite uh, stocks or aren't quite phone companies, for instance, into little boxes that then they can regulate and they can define. But that's not really what you are. It reminds me of this article I read recently from one of the early founders of Skype, who said that at the beginning of the days of Skype, they had all kinds of governments telling them, oh, you're a phone company, but they were not a phone company. They had some similarities, obviously. They allowed people to talk to one another, but they were not a phone company. And so they said, look, we're not a phone company. We're doing something different. As a result, did not end up falling under those regulations. And he actually said people in the Bitcoin community really should be doing the same thing, not pretending to be a bank, not begging for regulation, not saying, oh, yes, we're money transmitters. Go ahead and regulate us. Not thinking regulation is inevitable, but saying, look, we're something different because they are. That was a little bit of a tangent. I understand how what you're doing is different than stocks, and you're calling it profit-sharing assets. Now, that makes sense when you think about it, profit-sharing assets. So when people would buy Nice Plum, what is it exactly? A token? Uh, is it an altcoin? Is it on Counterparty? What is it? Actually, it's it's on Bitcoin itself, on the Bitcoin blockchain itself, using, as you said, Counterparty, which is mm-hmm. a peer-to-peer financial network built on top of the Bitcoin blockchain. It's often described as an altcoin incorrectly, although I would say it is 
simply a toolkit for expanding the functionality of Bitcoin because it's it's not really it's not a separate coin. It's not it doesn't have its own mining algorithm. It doesn't have anything that would that would make it that would give it the definition of an altcoin it is it is simply a toolkit that allows users to create assets to place bets to make contracts for difference and other financial instruments using bitcoin itself okay yeah so counterparty is providing the interface for that um and you said placing bets it's kind of interesting because if someone buys nice plum now they're kind of betting that in the future you're going to become very famous and you'll profit a lot from your work and they can share some of those profits is that right that's entirely correct although, although i'm not i'm not certain that everybody ha- has exactly this in mind there's people who buy let's say one or two shares which is just a few cents and they're just doing this because because they they would like to see more of the music and and not because of of profit interest but of course there's been then there's people who invest a larger amount who are then expecting yes this this will pay off in in a few years if somebody buys nice plum do they get anything now other than the expectation of perhaps future rewards do they get access to your music or something like that now i've actually said that anyone who buys nice plum assets and can provide me a, a signed message from the shareholder address that they're using on counterparty then i will send them all my previous albums free of charge so that's a lot of work for you i mean that would be a manual process do you think you could automate that Absolutely actually there's a new functionality that's built on top of counterparty called vend which is a digital vending machine which is you send something and it sends you an asset back so not only will it be easier to buy nice plum because people will just you will send some bitcoin to an address and you will automatically receive nice plum with that you can probably enclose some some information for them to to log in at a, at a different page. I think the mm-hmm. best solution would be something I've seen um on blockchain I believe or a different website where you can log in using your bitcoin address by signing it with your with your key. Mm-hmm. And I think if users can authenticate themselves that way then it will absolutely be possible for them to automatically download Niceplum. What is your philosophy or how do you feel about the concept of intellectual property as a musician? I think it's important for one reason that if musicians they're they're not in the in the public eye at the at the echelons of the A-list then they're not really making so much money. So if if their intellectual property is then not respected then it creates quite a problem for those entering the field or for those who have a niche that is not the mainstream top 100 pop song so i think for those that are earning billions with their music they can afford to have their songs downloaded or whatever but for the different artists it's actually quite difficult i'm seeing kind of a catch 22 here because if somebody were to buy nice plum then perhaps they have an incentive because they want to share in your future profits they may have an incentive to share your music because they want more people to know about you and to get introduced to your music. But then on the other hand, if they're sharing your music for free to get people introduced, are those people ever going to buy from you and then how are you going to what's your business model sort of? Well, the business model is that what you're saying is not only inevitable but something I have uh, actually thought about when creating the asset because people who own the profit sharing asset 
have an incentive to promote me because the more the more they promote my music the more they will make essentially and i think sharing songs for free is they're gonna do that anyway and studies have shown that if if music albums are released on torrent sites for free then they often generate more sales than if if they're only available in the store Mm, yeah i've seen those studies too all right, cool. So you you wouldn't necessarily be opposed then to people torrenting your music because they do have that incentive to promote you and to kind of invest in your success. Not really. Yeah, they can. I mean, they can freely distribute it as as they wish, as long as they support Nice Plum in in some remote way. I think if if they if they tell their friends, that's that's enough grounds to to let them like send it freely because as as long as they're 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 doing something to help the the asset itself then it's pretty much up to the users what they do yeah um you know i can think of um some instances in the past where i've heard music for free and then later i've gone to see the band in concert do you actually play live shows at all and are you thinking that people might hear your music and then they would want to see you in concert and then you could make money off the ticket sales or t-shirt sales at the concert or something like that oh absolutely i mean for for the time being i've been very busy with different work and mostly working on albums as well as some occasional busking I will definitely now look more towards the live live scene because that's where the income will come for the for for nice plum holders. That that would be the main resource. Mm, so they also have incentive to promote your live events, not just your music. I would say even more so than the music itself. Do you think that'll be a powerful enough incentive for people to want to spend their time promoting you? Just the simple idea of holding some of these profit sharing assets, nice plum depends on what you mean by promoting. I'm not expecting them to put together a portfolio and spend 40 hours in a week promoting Nice Plum. But <laughs> if they just mention it while they're drinking a beers with somebody, put it up on their iPhone and or Android or whatever, hopefully an open source device. But uh, they show their friends and that's that's really enough. CryptoKit is the world's first Chrome browser Bitcoin wallet. It's the easiest, fastest Bitcoin wallet payment system. With a simple one-click install, it takes just seconds to get your wallet set up. And because CryptoKit finds the address and payment for you, there's no more fussing around or tab switching. CryptoKit is more than just a wallet. It comes with a preloaded PGP-encrypted social network, news feeds from Reddit and Google, and up-to-date charts from exchanges. Finally, CryptoKit directory allows you to make two-click payments with any of the BitPay merchants. Once you install CryptoKit, you won't need anything else. For more information or to download CryptoKit, visit CryptoKit.com. Hi, Stephanie here. Would you like to turn your book into an enthralling audiobook? Need a persuasive commercial to promote your company? How about a narrator for your explainer video? Here's where I can help. I'm a freelance voiceover artist, and since 2009, I've lent my voice to dozens of audio projects. To hear some examples of my work, check out my website, smvoice.info. If you like what you hear, I'd love to be the voice of your next project. Get in touch at smvoice.info. Thinking about in the past when I've um, held altcoins or held bitcoins or whatever, and I really think you do, um, 
have an incentive, like once you're invested in something, you want to tell other people about it, you know, and perhaps invested is the wrong word to use. But once you are holding something or you have something, you want to tell other people about it. There's kind of this psychological drive to uh, to share it and to promote it, really, uh, that exists with any altcoin or with Bitcoin, but also with something like Nice Plum, like a profit sharing asset. Yeah, I believe I can sum that phenomenon up in one word, which is dog coin. <laughs> right. I'm wondering, like, can people spend Nice Plum on anything that you are offering? So, like, if they want to go to your concert, can they pay Nice Plum to you for that? Or can they buy your album with it? That was never the intention, and I will have to think about that. I, I realize that's that's what Tatiana coin is, is supposed to be, but I don't think Nice Plum will have this for a while. It wasn't your intention starting out? No, the, the intention was basically, I wanted to, to support my musical career, obviously, but I didn't want to just go out there and be like, please give me money or please buy my album. I didn't want to ask for donations without offering anything in return. So I'm thinking if you buy the share, you will have a profit sharing asset from Nice Plum. Not only that, but you will also receive the, the previous albums, which I may actually release for free once enough shares are uh, sold. It seems like kind of almost a way to pay yourself in reverse. And what I mean by that is like over a musical career, a musician might start out really poor and eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the tour bus every day (laughs) trying to promote themselves. And then maybe at the end they hit it big. But what you're doing is basically trying to support yourself at the, I don't know if it's at the beginning of your career, but before you've reached the point where you're playing in front of millions of people and so forth. How much are you actually trying to raise? Like, nice plum will there be? What do you expect to get out of the initial sale? I'm selling 10,000 nice plum, which is out of the total of 100,000. So it's 10%. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I doubt I will be selling more because I think I think this way it, it, there are people who can who have their chance to buy shares, but it's not too much to impede my, my further workflow. The current rate is 10 nice plum for one XCP counterparty. And how much is one XCP worth in terms of Bitcoin or maybe fiat currency right now? In terms of Bitcoin, it's around 0.004, I believe. Okay. Uh, in, in terms of dollars, it's anywhere between two and four dollars each. Okay. So there are two kind of exchange rates at play here. If, For instance, if somebody wanted to take some Bitcoin that they had and they wanted to get nice plum, they would have to sort of exchange it into the counterparty system for XCP and then exchange that for nice plum, right? Actually, no. Counterparty, as opposed to to the other solutions on the market, counterparty supports full Bitcoin trading. Bitcoin is a first class currency within counterparty Mm. and pretty much all features are possible using Bitcoin. So it is it is com- it is completely possible to buy nice plum using bitcoins directly and when vend the the, the application built on top of counterparty is re- is released which i believe is very soon then it will be possible to send bitcoins to an address and nice plum will automatically be sent back like a vending machine you throw some coins in throw some bitcoins in and the nice plum drops out okay going back to your model or your plan, you're going to have 90% of the nice plum that you hold yourself. 
So you basically have 90% of your own profit sharing assets. So that's pretty much the vast majority, right? And the other 10% will go to anybody who gets it, right? I think that's fairly reasonable. It's a 10th of all profits from, from here on out. To sell more, that would be that would be difficult then for me because then even if I do make a profit, it would be all distributed and then it would be difficult to continue what I was doing before. So I think selling 10% at what is relatively a low price is, is just a good way to, to get the message out. To be honest, the core concept of Nice Plum is I want to promote the counterparty system because I really think it's it's a brilliant idea and it is doing for the world of finance what Bitcoin is doing for fiat currency. It is allowing people to interact on a free market to issue assets as they please with no censorship, no central authority and uh, no cat to eat the private keys. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. I just one last question here as we wrap up. How does the profit sharing actually work? So like in the future, let's say that you hold 90% of the nice plum and the remaining 10% is in the hands of other people. We'll call them supporters, backers, something like that. When you make a profit from a concert or from an album sale, let's say that you receive bitcoins or perhaps fiat money in exchange for the concert that you just played or the album that you just sold, do you then use that to buy up more nice plum? from that out of that 10% pool that's distributed from other people? Or does the value of Nice Plum just rise with your sort of personal reputation and capital? I certainly hope that the that the value of Nice Plum will rise, as you say. However, in the counterparty system, which is, I'm not sure if it's even reasonable to call it something else because it's on top of Bitcoin. But anyway, in counterparty, to automatically pay dividends which means if the album sales are done in Bitcoin and I receive Bitcoin, then it will be transparently visible on the blockchain that this money was transferred to the counterparty wallet. Using a simple click of a button, I can distribute it to all shareholders, well, not shareholders, all asset holders, supporters, whatever we may call them, simultaneously. So it's you click, you click the, you click the nice plum asset, you click pay dividends, and it automatically transfers the percentage amounts to each investor. Okay, so they're monitoring the blockchain for certain addresses that are going to receive payments for your items, and then that gets distributed as a dividend to the holders. That's interesting. So what if, not that you would do this, but what if there was an artist that was doing a similar model, but basically didn't keep their word about the whole profit sharing thing like what if they sold something or got some some payment to a a stealthy bitcoin address that wasn't being monitored by the blockchain and didn't want to share the profits what is the incentive to to not do that well i can't speak for anyone else but um my incentive is one counterparty itself as a peer-to-peer financial market is all is pretty much as important, if not more important as Bitcoin for, for the future of the free market and freedom in general. So I think the incentive for me is I, I, uh, Nice Plum was the first, uh, music profit sharing asset that was, uh, released on Counterparty. And this is, this is eternalized forever. People will be able to check that in hundreds of years. And if I'm the first one on this network, 
and I mess with the people who are supporting me, then I will be... That's reputation suicide, not only for myself, but for counterparty and, and the system. And it can be used as an argument against Bitcoin. And that's... I'm, I'm sure some someone will will try to do something like this but the point is it, it it's it's really up to the users to research what they're what they're investing into as with normal stocks this this i mean this happens on the stock market sure. regularly they yeah they, people buy stocks and the company's like uh sorry we don't actually exist we're just a cardboard cutout and it's actually incorporated in belize overseas and uh yeah your money's gone by but the point for me to make nice plum is i i didn't really want to um to to issue profit sharing assets because to me it seemed i i I could just keep all of my profits why why would i do that but i think it has it has a nice dual effect it it promotes nice plum to some degree but moreover it, it promotes counterparty as a system for anyone to crowdfund anything without censorship it's like kickstarter without without the rules you you can crowdfund whatever whatever you want you can put it on there it costs fractions of a bitcoin 50 cents maybe at the moment a dollar this is what i'm trying to to raise awareness for that you can you can bet without a bookie that you can speculate without a broker and that you can issue your own assets for whatever you want i mean there's there's assets for cloud mining there are actually bitcoin tangible trust assets for gold securities and silver this is just the beginning so far there's only a handful of of assets nice plum is actually the third or fourth most traded asset at the moment and Hmm. it does not have that much volume so this is available now thank you for giving us some light on sort of what's motivating you to do that i think it's really cool and interesting and i wish you success with it where can people go if they want to get nice plum or if they want to hear your music or just get in touch with you somehow? If they would like to listen to my released albums, they can go to niceplum.com, which is should be fairly self-explanatory. If they want to buy assets, then they should go to counterparty.co to get informed about the counterparty system. Um, if they already know counterparty, then they can head over to counterparty, um, uh, excuse me, counterwallet.co. And using that wallet, it, it really, it takes minutes. It's, you send Bitcoins to the, uh, you, you put up a buy order and you have them in your wallet. So it's, it's, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to show people that if, if you want to crowdfund something or if you want to do decentralized betting or speculation on assets or creating them or w- whatever, I mean, there's, there's possibilities that we haven't even thought of yet. And if people want to do this, then, Counterparty is the program to use. And one last question. Where does the name come from? Where did you get Nice Plum? The ether of reality just sprung spontaneously into my head. I I, I wish it had a story. But (laughs) I, I thought it was... I thought it was catchy, appealing, and it, in retrospect, it fits the music. Because my music, even if it's slightly melancholic, the genre, I always try to make something upbeat. I try to make the song in such a way that when I'm done making it, I feel happier than I did before. Nice poem. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me.
Thanks for listening to episode 122 of Let's Talk Bitcoin. Content for this episode was provided by Stephanie Murphy, The Cypher Funks, Nice Plum, and Adam B. Levine. This episode was edited by Denise Levine and Adam B. Levine. Music for this episode was provided by Jared Rubens, Nice Plum, and The Cypher Funks. Any questions or comments? Head over to the forums at letstalkbitcoin.com and start earning LTB coin today. See you next time.